Welcome to One Step Better, the podcast from Works. We're tackling topics to give you insight on a practical level to help your employees thrive in your organization and to help you become one step better every day towards being the leader that you want to be. Now, let's kick it over to the Works team. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the One Step Better podcast. I'm your host, Mike Schaefer. And with me today, we've got Matt Patrick in the studio. And today we're going to talk about communication. We're going to try to hit on a lot of different communication topics. We're going to talk about everything from pitfalls that we see on an ongoing basis. But really important, we're going to give you three practical takeaways so that you can go back to your organization and improve your own effectiveness of communication. Thanks for joining me, Matt. Really excited to talk to you about this. Glad to be here. This is a big topic. I think it's one that is super important and one that you can always do better. And so I am looking forward to exploring it with you. It's one that is oftentimes missed. Not from it. I mean, there's plenty of books. There's plenty of resources. There's a ton of stuff out there about communication. But I think that's on purpose. It's because this is something that we always miss yeah, out we on. We don't do a great job at it. And it's a consistent thing that we miss. We don't communicate a lot of times about how bad our communication is. And it really can create a lot of problems, especially in the small business world. Absolutely. It is something that as I've owned my business now for 17-ish years, it is something that I know that we do better today than we did yesterday, but it is still something that it's very imperfect. It's definitely a peaks and valleys too. Yes, too. Absolutely. And it's also every personality creates a different communication style and you may communicate well with one person and not another. There's all kinds of issues that kind of go with that. I always think about the, the pinks and valleys of communication, where I do well and where I don't do well. I think of it similar to disciplining my kids. Hey, I told you not to do that, and you did it anyway. Go to your room. You're in timeout. And then I got to do that every single time now. Man, that just wears on you and wears on you, wears on you. Because unfortunately, none of the four of my kids are perfect. You know, we're trying. We're trying to get there as much as we can, but it hasn't been the case yet. And the consistency of communication, much like discipline, is something that I know that I fail at. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, you know, I told you don't do that once. And now I have to tell you again, 10 days later, well, what's up with that? I told you 10 days ago. Why don't you remember this? Every day. I have teenage girls every single day, every single day, every single day. So I want to jump into some of the common, I don't know, called pitfalls of communication, areas in which I know that mm -hmm. I struggle with. And as I talk with other people, it's, this is not uncommon. And, and the first one I want to talk about is a very probably transparent one that you would look at and say, yeah, well, well, duh, Mike, that's obviously an issue. But one of the common ways in which we struggle in communication is just a simple misunderstanding. What I said wasn't what you heard. What you heard wasn't what I said. And that, that happens all the time. And I would say it happens probably not as much verbally as it does in writing. I'm not a good writer. Mm -hmm. Written communication. If I have to sit down and like I'm back in college days, write term papers, that's a different story. Yeah. But like emails, slacks. Email tone. It's hard. Getting ahead of yourself, sitting in a hurry, doing it from your phone, doing it while you're driving. Shouldn't be doing that, but that's what happens. So you not, don't communicate nearly as well, or what you were intended to say wasn't what you meant. Or likewise, it just, the whole conversation just didn't go anywhere near what you were expecting to happen. It happens. I think it happens a lot. I think it can happen when it's verbal, especially if you are not being maybe as transparent or as you're trying to not hurt anybody's feelings when you're communicating sometimes. I would say that maybe happens, but I think in writing, I think it probably happens a lot more. Would you agree with that? It does for me. Yeah. It's easier for me to, like, we're sitting here talking to each other across the table, and I can look at you, and I hear the words, but I also can read behind the words because I can see you, 
and you just lose that completely in written communication. I know that, you know, I've had my team call me out on that before where you said, hey, Mike, you said this, and that sounded like you were being a jerk. Like, what, what's yeah. going on? I had no idea like, you read it that way. I never thought of it. No that. idea. Yeah. We have that happen. Clients will communicate to us. And we're like, oh, my gosh, they're always so mad at us when they email us or whatever. And then you call them like, no, 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 no. That's not what I meant. It was really, I was just letting you know this was the situation. Oh, well, I didn't think of it that way. I read it totally the other way. Now I come out to them very defensively when I go to respond to it. And that's not the intent. And I think it's very important that you think about how the other person's going to read what you say, not necessarily how you, you, you thought it was going to be. Yeah, absolutely. So reread, reread that response before you. One thing that is commonly said here in our office is to be unkind is to be unclear, or excuse me, <laughs> to be unclear is to be unkind. Yes, right. Um, to you be know, unkind is a different story. That yeah. would be interesting. No, to be unclear is to be unkind. If we're not clear in our communication, then we're not doing the person we're communicating with a favor yep. Yep. at all. It's making their life a little bit muddy. And misunderstanding it, is really coming out of a place of clarity. I didn't communicate clearly what I was trying to say. Therefore, you didn't hear what I was trying to say in the way that was intended. Correct. And that creates a lot of issues, especially in small business. For example, if I told somebody on my team, hey, I need you to go reload the copy machine with paper, some, something silly like that. That's a very clear, direct statement. But if I say that just, hey, can you go make sure the copy machine's good? They are going to read that very different. They, right. don't, they, don't, they may not think about, well, I need to go check the paper. Oh, well, maybe he just means there's it's a on. jam there. It's on. And I need to go it's, fix it's it. It's or, on. Yeah, hey, it's working. And that's a silly example. But the yeah, person that's... saying, hey, go make sure the copy machine is good is saying something very different than go reload the paper in the copy yeah, machine. Very... And somebody could hear that very differently. And I'm over here getting frustrated because the copy machine is still out of paper, and they're saying, oh, everything's good. Somebody asked you a question, and you interpret it as a yes-no question. You just answered yes. They really wanted yes, and here's the answer why. Yeah, and They really the didn't details. say, I want a yes-no question, and I want a why answer. It was, well, I just thought you wanted a yes or no answer. Here's your answer. Well, now they interpret that way differently than, God, this guy's just short with me. Why is he so short with me? It's Having extremely all... important to be very clear and precise yep, in your, in your communication. Hard. And as a leader there's added pressure on you to make sure that you're doing that well. Because when a leader speaks, or even written or verbal, doesn't matter, when a leader says something, those words are going to carry more weight just because of the fact that they're, they're a leader. Good leader, bad leader, doesn't matter. Those words, that communication carries more weight. And to the degree that it's misunderstood or misapplied, it can create some pretty big issues. Yeah, you said this a couple of podcasts ago. It was like, what you say is what you think. What they hear is how they interpret it. Is there something like that you said? Uh, I don't remember exactly what it I was. I think you're making stuff up. <laughs> no, it was, I, you know, I don't remember that. I don't remember the actual stuff saying, but it was basically what you, what you think you're saying is not what necessarily what everybody, everybody else is hearing. Absolutely. I think that's where you're really starting from. Yeah, and it, it is because everybody's coming to the table. I mean, you think about communication and it's, and it's just most pure form. It is me. And right now what we're doing is it's me and all of my experience in history from the time I was born to right now all of my education, all of my travels, all the books I've read, all of the people I've met, my entire history of life up to now, you and the same exact thing. And my experiences may have been different from you. And so we may, and, and it's normally it's not known, there's a blind spot there. We may, from our experiences, are coming at things from different, two different angles. Yep. That just simply creates a blind spot that yeah, we don't even that know about. Yeah, we've had that happen here before. So that's a good example. So 
we had a person here whose boss was a yeller. When they messed up, they got yelled at. They were always fearful of what would repercussions be if I messed up. They're afraid they're going to get yelled at. Well, we're not really a yelling. No, yeah, no uh, one. We're not really a yeller here. They will interpret how you're going to react in email. Well, if, if they messed up and I respond to email, maybe they think now I'm yelling at them. That's not the intent. It was a corrective or it was just, hey, look, that's okay. We'll move on. So it's, I think it's important just to kind of think through the person you're talking to, the person you're writing to, and how they're going to interpret what you're trying to say. Yeah. And the other side of that, because their experience is yelling is what drives action. That's what I know you're upset when you're yelling. If I come to you, and that's because that's not who I am. I've never been a yeller. But if I come to you, look at you in the eyes and say, I need this done now. That's like me getting serious. Yeah. They don't see that because I'm not yelling yet. Until the point I'm yelled, they don't think that it's really serious. And I'm over here getting flustered and frustrated. How is this not done? And they're just, well, you haven't yelled yet, so I, yeah, not, I guess you're not really not, that serious. Well, it's interesting. I just thought about this. So at home with my kids, I'm a loud talker, and my kids interpret it as yelling. I'm like, I'm not yelling. <laughs> they're like, yes, you are. Why are you yelling at me? I'm like, I'm not yelling. Let's listen to what I'm saying. I'll show you yelling. I'll show you yelling. This is not yelling. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's how they interpret it. So I think it's the same thing. You know, it's communicating with your kids or communicating with your your employees or your team. It's all the same. I once issue. had a dog that we put through obedience training. And one of the things that stuck with me out of that was that the person doing the training said, if you're yelling at your dog, those commands, like even if it's just basic commands like sit or down or whatever, if you're yelling those, then every time that you want your dog to do that, you now have to yell those because you're training them to only hear the, also the word, but the tone. And so if I'm, if I just gently or calmly say sit, my dog doesn't know that means sit because I didn't yell that command at them. So their whole point of that was in the training of the dog, make sure that you're using a calm, gentle tone. That way, whenever you actually do need the dog to sit, you don't have to yell. And to the extent that you're raising your voice, I know yelling is an example. I of should definitely work on that with everything, right? It is, you're training them to respond to not just the words, but the tone. And that can sometimes, because of people's life experiences in the past, really change the intention of your communication. Maybe what you're thinking, because I know I said before, we judge others based on their actions and we judge ourselves based on our intentions. Right. That comes true in communication a lot of times. Correct. Because when I get that email that is straight to the, it just says, hey, Mike, you did a bad job with this. I need you to do better next time. I may read that through the actions, which why are you being short with me? Why are you telling me I'm doing a bad job? But if I write that email, it, my intentions could have been, hey, I, I got to go real quick. I just need you to get some quick feedback to know that I need you to do a better job next time. Oh, that's not fair. Right. And so it's always a good idea. I think Patrick Lencioni talks about this a lot in Five Dysfunctions of a Team to make sure that we're looking at the trust building side of communication from the standpoint of making sure that we are giving people the benefit of the doubt, that we're yep. not, that, that we're patient and, and kind with them in their communication. That is yeah. different than Fe being direct. Yeah. Feedback's a little different, right? So you have to, I think, to develop a sense of trust to provide candid feedback. Trust mm -hmm. allows the person to know that, hey, I love you. And I'm here to help you, but I need you to do better at this. Not, I am being, I'm mad at you. Go fix this, or you're, you know, but that's not the point. I need to develop the trust. Going, this is supposed to be corrective, not punishment. Yeah, my feedback, to the extent that it's negative, is not about you as a person, but it may be about your job that you just did, like Correct. the functions of what you just did. So let's, let's do this better. As we a have team, to be able yeah. to to separate those. What was it? I think Stephen Covey talked about the speed of trust, the idea that all organizations simply move at the speed at which 
there is a solid ground of trust. It's super yeah. important. And one of the ways you build trust is definitely through communication. Let's talk about that a little second. So if I don't trust my team, it makes it difficult to communicate to them at all, much less communicate effectively to them. If they don't trust me as a leader, then the things that I'm saying, to some extent, isn't going to be trustworthy. They may not see me as a valuable person that's really adding value to their role. And so if that's the case, there's really a trust issue that's underlying that Mm -hmm. lack of communication. It's really important, especially if you are an owner of a company, to be mindful of that because the relationship that you have with your team is always going to be different because it is an an employer-employee relationship versus a friendship. Um, I know that that that's what I struggle with. It's something sure. that we talk about internally is the idea that you know you want to be friends with everybody because you genuinely like yeah, the people I like you pe- work with. I like with. people I work with. And but every, that's a very hard line. It is a hard line. It is a hard line. And trust really comes into play there because to the extent that you can't trust your team, it's really hard Correct. To, to get them motivated to do anything different. And they don't hear things the same way. A real big issue that can come up with communication is is a lack of trust. Yep. Um Another thing I want to talk about is frequency and communication. We hit on this a little bit, but you know, the idea that I told you not to do that 10 days ago is different than telling you again and again. What do you think is a good rhythm of, of communication with the people that you're working with? There's a lot of different, well, it depends on how you, what you're communicating about, I guess, starts with that. You know, from a team, making sure everybody's on the team is connected and everybody's in the loop. You know, those are, those are meeting rhythms that we have as an organization that we'd kind of recommend. But if it's just communication, I think it's frequent, it's clear, it's consistent. I think those are super important as you're going through and making sure that, hey, the expectations are set. And from the expectations are set, we are clearly communicating those expectations and also the results from that. And the feedback loop is happening on a regular basis. Frequency, I would say, you know, in our world, our rhythms, our, our work rhythms kind of generate that. We daily communicate a lot. And so we have our tools to do our inner office communications. We use Slack for that, where we are communicating anything at all times with one another. Those are fast, frequent communications. It's probably shorter than email most of the time. When we email with our clients. We communicate with those one-word answers sometimes, but the reality is those are going back and forth as needed. And then we have meeting rhythms, which also are how we communicate to our teams. We have one-on-one meetings, so we have one-on-one meetings with our teams that are people on those teams, team leaders meet with the, the teams on a regular basis, and the goals there are to make sure that everybody's aligned. As far as meeting frequency, though, that's, that's a little different question. I mean, are we want to talk through the idea of meeting frequency when it comes to communications? Yes. I mean, we, we have a daily huddle tied to making sure that everybody on our team knows what's going on on all sides of our te- all different teams we have so that our sales team and our payroll team and our admin team and our accounting team, our manager group, our leadership group, all know what everybody kind of has on them. That huddle, you know, in our world lasts a little under 10 minutes a day. It's every day, no matter what. And we want to try to accomplish, making sure everybody's connected. So we have a good idea what everybody has on their plate that, you know, what their goals are for that day. What in our world, what, what does winning look like for that day? And then if there's anything, anybody needs any help from anybody else, and if there's anything anybody needs to know about that we don't, we haven't uh, told anywhere else already. When it comes to frequency, I think it's always important to err on the side of too much information. More, 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 more. Yep. By the time that, let's say that you're a leader and you're going to roll out a new policy, that's a major deal, you know, depending upon the policy, but that could be a major deal because it's going to typically have a, a wide sweeping effect. 
and I see a lot of times those are rolled out from the standpoint of let's do a haul, all hands or we're gonna get everybody together and we're gonna say, all right, we are changing our PTO from you get three weeks a year to unlimited vacation and everybody's cheering and happy. And maybe not all the details of that plan have been communicated about, but there's no more communication behind that. And that, well, I, we said that a year ago, you know, why is this unclear? Like your people need frequent communication on anything that's company-wide that you feel is, if it's important enough to tell them once, it's important enough to tell them multiple times. Now, that there's a line there that it goes from, I feel like I'm beating my head against the wall because I'm saying the same thing over and over and over again. When you get to that point, typically do it a couple more times and then you're communicating enough. It is not easy as a, as a small business leader to deal with the need for frequent communication, but it is critically important to make sure that your message gets across. This is how you shape culture in your organization, the frequency of your communications. This, what you're just saying popped into my head pretty quickly was that We've doubled our team size in the last two years. Things we talked about three years ago, which I would have thought we were frequent, are irrelevant. We, half our team does not know it. Yeah. If I have people that have been here 15 years and everybody has been here 15 years, their frequency probably could have been less by now. But we're a growing organization with growth, and so we have new, te- new teammates. We have a lot of people that probably haven't heard a lot of things. They don't know the whole stories. And so the repeating problem is, is really around the idea that we have a new audience. The audience is changing all the time. And just bec- and you may have been a different perspective when you heard it the first time and didn't, it didn't apply to you, and now it does. So let's just say you were a staff accountant before and now you're a manager, and we're talking about the team stuff and when we're talking about you know the manager's training schedule this year. Well, I didn't really care about that then, but now I may care about that now. Just, yeah, I tuned that out last year because that wasn't necessarily that was, geared to That wasn't being. for me, but now it matters. Well, that could mean, well, the manager training schedule means this is going to happen to the staff yeah. accounts. This, like, so that's... All those things kind of dictate that the frequency is super important for you to remember your audience is always changing and their perspective of that communication is always changing because they could have been in another place, you know, not paying attention or whatever. Yep. All that stuff can happen too. And, so. it, and the leader is correct when they say, well, I told you that a year ago. Yes. And you didn't hear me because you were, you know, twiddling your thumbs, playing on your phone, whatever you're doing. And so I'm right. You're wrong. I said it. You didn't hear. Oh, that's a really bad <laughs> position yep. to get yourself in They're as a on leader. vacation the week we had that meeting. Right. Well, that, yeah. We never heard it. Yeah. I said it. Don't you remember I said it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, just because you said something doesn't mean that you hear something. A great teacher takes the burden of education and puts it on themselves, not the student. A great teacher says, I said these things, I taught you these things, but you didn't get it. Therefore, I did not do a good job of teaching. They don't say, oh, I taught you these things and you didn't get it. Well, sorry, better luck next time. That's not a great teacher. That's interesting. I love that perspective. That's good. And so it's, it's really important to know that the communicator, the burden of the communication comes on the person that is doing the communication. We talked about this a little bit on the disc profile side. To the extent that you hear things different than I say things is work on my end to make sure that I'm saying things clear, clearly in a way that you understand them. It's not, my expectation can't be that my hearers all bend themselves towards my style I have to bend myself towards their style. Otherwise, my communication is not going to be as effective as it otherwise would have been. As the listener, though, it is my job to make sure I am clear with what they're trying to say. There's responsibility. I need, I need to walk towards that. I'm, I'm going, I need to meet you somewhere in the middle. The reason I say that is like for my end, if you guys are telling, I'll use this as an example, and it's a new one that's came up, we, we want feedback. If I didn't hear that as direct as I should have, 
I want to know why I need to step into that question and say, Hey, why do you feel like you need feedback? What's not happening the way you want it to happen? You know, what is that loop? How do I close that loop for you? So it's both sides. I mean, the listener needs to step forward and to make sure, Hey, was this what you were meaning? Or is this what you're meaning? If you're verbally doing it, you can see the facial expressions they understand or don't understand. But if it's written, maybe you need a, Hey, look, I'm interpreting this way. Is that what you meant? I think it's important to kind of think that it's both sides a little bit. It, it, all communication is a two sided street. Yep. I don't ever, this is something that we talk about in, in with Meredith and I in our marriage, that our marriage is not a 50-50 relationship. It's a 100-100 relationship. I don't say, I'm going to meet you halfway, and I need you to meet me the other halfway. I'm going to meet you all the way, and you're going to meet me all the way. And that's going to kind of cover some of the gaps like, that we cool. would have. That's, that's a good way to put it. Because we want to grow together. Communication not should be the same way. Then. Just in the same way, yeah. I don't say that the burden is on the person doing the communication as an excuse from the hearer to say, oh, you didn't do a good job. Sorry, man, I understand you. The hearer is still responsible for seeking clarity to the extent that it's not clear and asking questions and making sure they understand. I I mean, if I tell my team, hey, I need you to, we're going to go and all, it's required, mandatory, we're doing this meeting at one o'clock. And you come in and, at 1.05 and say, oh, well, I didn't know that. I thought you meant 1 o'clock tomorrow. No, that's not, that's not an okay thing. I said 1 o'clock today, and I meant 1 o'clock today, and you didn't get that right. No, that, that's, there was a very clear communication that happened, and you messed it up. That's not my fault. The burden of my communication falls on me. The burden of making sure you understand falls on me. But when you just simply don't get it or are definitely willfully Ignore it ignoring it, it that, that, that's not on me. So there's, there's a difference there. I, I think most people realize that. I say all that to say, in your communication, always seek for clarity. If you're not being clear, you're being unkind to the people you're talking to or instructing. What do you think are some of the things that we struggle with as an organization right now with our communication? Like you said, our team has, has doubled in the past 18 months in size. We use a lot of terms that are, like most people, that are specific to us. Acronyms. Yeah, and, and just short short language that you, you do over time as yeah. you build a, a community. We have our, and own, our own jargon. A little bit of, own, yeah, our little own dictionary there. And so if I use some of those terms and with a newer person, I have to spend some time explaining that a little bit more. We have a, a high expectation for every person that walks in our door. I mean, I wouldn't have it any other way. But with that comes... We expect people to pick up on that language a little bit quicker than maybe what is realistic. And so if I, you know, if we have a new staff accountant in in the door and we say, hey, I need you to go process all those, all everything in receipt bank and and, yeah. and code it to QuickBooks, and we've never shown them how hey, to do anything what's, in receipt what's bank. What's code mean with receipt bank <laughs> right. mean? What's yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, that all those, those terms are mattering. Th- those terms start to matter. That's one thing that we just by the nature of our growth struggle with a little bit. We struggle with ambiguity sometimes. We use we use we instead of yeah. me or we yesterday. instead of you. It's Say that easy. Example, yeah. So um, you know, we, we talk with the team and we say, hey, you know what? We need to do a better job of making sure that we're following X process. Really, what I meant was, hey, Mike, you need to do a better job of following that process. Yeah. But we use the term. We, anytime we don't want to call out the person that needs to be called out, or not really call out, but at least make sure it's really clear that this person is not following the process and they need to follow the process. Right, right. And I always think that anytime we're using the term we, when I really mean something specific, 
it, there's two things going on. One that's done in a generic training situation. I know that this is an issue and it's an issue with maybe more than one person on the team. So I want to address this as a, an entire team and see if that fixes it. I think that's perfectly reasonable to do. But sometimes that doesn't fix it though. And at that point, we need to get a little more personal. You didn't do this. You know, hey, Mike, we're going to sit down. You didn't do this right. And we, so we go to, hey, our, our hours start at 8.30. The reality is we have 28 people that start here at 8.30. There's two people that are not doing that. You, Mike, need to be here at 8.30. I that's am a big not, difference. yeah. 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 And, and that's a very different conversation uh-huh. than, hey, guys, generally speaking, we need to make sure that we're doing. Yeah. Our hours are this. X, Y, Z. We is a lot of times heard as, oh, he's talking to somebody else, not talking to me. Instead of being direct enough to say, when I say you are oh, doing no, it. It's very direct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's that's hard to that's hard to misunderstand. So I, I want to kind of shift into some ways in which we can help. Some practical things that you could do to help improve your communication. I got three ideas here to to kind of talk about. I find that the best way to increase effective communication is to listen more. It's not to say more. It's to listen more. A lot of times, communication issue comes out of a lack of listening. And I don't mean listening from the standpoint of the vibrations of your words are entering my ears and they're tingling the hammer. And I don't remember all of my physiology, but back to your biology class, right? All of the ear muscles. And, you know, I'm not saying that I'm saying, what are you really, what are you really saying? Anytime that communication is happening, you have to think about what is the question behind the question, the intent behind the statement, those types of things. This is extremely important to improve the effectiveness of your communication, you have to be a better listener, especially when you're in a feedback situation. I'm going to say something and I'm going to seek clarity. All right, you heard me. We're good. Listening to really keep your pulse on the ground and know what's going on, I think is extremely Uh important. Another thing that you could do to increase your uh, effectiveness of your communication is asking for alignment. If I'm, you know, giving instruction or if I'm teaching it's okay to say, hey, Tammy, can you reiterate that for me? What, what did you hear me? What did you just hear me say? This is especially helpful in marriage. Hey, Meredith. <laughs> this, what, what no, did it's you... not, Mike. That's <laughs> not a good idea. <laughs> hey, hey, Meredith, I heard you say this. Is that what you're really saying? And you no, really get that is not there. at all what Except I'm saying. You clearly aren't listening. Is, or, right. you know, those things definitely pop up. But ask, it's okay to ask for alignment with your team. Hey, what, what did you hear me say? And when they reiterate back to you, you're going to really see the gaps of your communication. Now, this gets way, if, if you do this too often, you're going to just start making people angry. If I say, hey, I want you to go to McDonald's and get a sweet tea, and you say, all right, so what I hear you say is that you want me to get in my car, drive to McDonald's, and buy you a sweet tea. Is that what that you're saying? That sounds condescending. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. there's certain, you don't have to do that all the time. I get it. But if there's something that you want to make sure that somebody absolutely understands, Ask them, so what did you just hear me say? And then go back to number one, listen. Listen to what, the, what you think did they said. Did you understand the words that are coming out of my yeah. mouth? Yeah, absolutely. And the last thing I think you could do to help improve your effective communication is practice. There is no better communication teacher than actual experience doing it. And by practice, I mean both formal, informal, personal, and big group. Practice, practice, practice your I communication. Think is this, I would say this is intentionality. I have to be intentional with how I want to communicate. I have to be intentional with how I want my team to communicate, how I'm communicating, how I'm listening to my team communicate to me. If you focus on it and you put it as one of your areas for you need to work on, if you, if you put that in that stratosphere for yourself, I think it's 
it becomes where you can see where you're doing it well and where you're not. We had silos. I would say we still do have somewhat of a silo effect sometimes with teams. We have the way we have teams. But by being intentional and thinking, okay, we need, we had this come up as part of one of our rocks about eight quarters or seven or eight quarters ago in communication, improving our communication amongst our teams, which is why we implemented our meeting rhythms and our daily communications. And that was important because we had a lot of things kind of left hand wasn't talking to the right hand. And well, I didn't know that client was added and I didn't know that that was this and I didn't know that. Well, those things became intentional. So therefore, I believe we've gotten better at it. I think we have a more cohesive team now because we're communicating better, but we had to be intentional about it. We can't just let it go. Well, hope it gets better. And if someone's not communicating well in your team or the way you want them to do it, I think you'd be clear with them and say, hey, you're not communicating in the way that everybody understands what you're trying to say. Or like if, me as a teacher, if I'm not teaching well enough, you have to explain to the teacher, hey, I don't understand what you're trying to tell me. Be intentional is what I would say in this whole process. Be intentional with what you're trying to improve and where you're trying to improve it at. So in what the purpose of that is, why are you trying to improve your communication skills? Well, my team's not talking well together and we're not, we're not cohesive and we're not all clear where we're heading direction as far as our communication. And to roll some of this out, it's perfectly acceptable to tell your team, hey, you know what? This. I don't think we're super great at communication. And so we're going to try a couple of things. Now at the end of every meeting that, that we have, I'm going to go around the room and just do a quick rapid recall. Hey, what, what did you hear today? What stuck out to you today? And just get that feedback because you're going you're gonna to learn real quick what people hear you say. Some of those meeting rhythms we got are from the book Scaling Up, The Rockefeller Habits. If you Google Rockefeller Habits, and there's a 10 ways to implement Rockefeller Habits on the web. There's a lot of talk about the meeting rhythms you need to have. One of those is a daily huddle. It improves communication. Your weekly one-on-ones, your monthly big meetings, your quarterly all hands. That has improved our communication, I think, tremendously. But I it think the, the rhythms of what your goals are and aligning your goals to your team, and but also kind of tying that back to all the way down to daily communications. It, it, they, that rhythm has helped us drastically. It's been, a, it's been a really good implementation of that. It can feel monotonous at times, but if everybody goes into it with the right intent every day, it is a, a, a valuable tool for the whole team. Our daily huddle specifically. There's a lot of times in which today you're not saying anything much different than what you said yesterday. And that's to your point. That's where it gets a little bit monotonous. But what I always find is helpful is it, it has given us the, the framework to be able to have communication daily that if something did change, that's the time to talk about it. If I do need to discuss something, this is the time to talk about it. So it's kind of eliminated some of the drop-in stuff, yep. and it's really improved overall across teams. We probably were communicating a lot before, just not in a systematized way. Yeah. A lot of drop-in, walk More around. disruptive. Yeah, more disruptive, and it was not in a controllable. I'm assuming that may have, I really don't see that as much anymore as we used to have. Neither do I, yeah. Yes, but also having half the people in the office and half people working from <laughs> home also has helped that. So. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, a, that's a conversation for another day. Well, Matt, thanks for joining me and everybody out there. We would really love to hear your thoughts on communication. What's worked well for you inside of your organization? What's the struggles? Give us some feedback. We would love to hear from you. You can reach us on social media on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of the places at Patrick Accounting or Works. We'd love to continue the conversation. Thanks and have a great day. Thanks for tuning in. Head over to works.com for webinars, blogs, and more content. That's works, W-H-I-R-K-S.com. See you next time.